Good afternoon, everybody. We are going to add to your toolbox today, just a little bit, a possible argument that you can use when you are chatting amiably and pleasantly and with a great deal of rabid and fascinated and gentle curiosity with our good friends, the minarchists, minimal state, maximum error. And that is that, you know, we actually don't have to make much of a case to the minarchists, uh, to, uh, to getting rid of the government. We don't actually have to make a case, really, to uh, anybody about, you know, we should get rid of the government. It absolutely is, is not uh, required. You don't have to be a, um, uh, an anarchist to say that the government should be gotten rid of at all. So I'd like to read to you some statistics and then go over this argument with you, and you can let me know if you think it's nonsense or, uh, in the best of my uh, podcast, a tradition, uh, only medium nonsense. That would be uh, exciting for me. We aim for the medium. Um, and uh, so we're going to pick on the United States. The majority of my listeners are American. Uh, hi to mm, in Sri Lanka. But um, uh, we're going to pick on those. Any, any country is the same thing, though. Canada similar. England similar. France is uh, similar. But um, these are just the easiest numbers to get. Uh, are the United States ones. So, in the magic land of, of national debt, uh, right now, as of 4.59 p.m. on June the 21st, 2006, uh, national debt estimated at cents. It's important to be accurate. Share of national debt for each U.S. citizen, 27941 and 39 cents. National debt share for breadwinners in a family of two, 55882 and 79. Family of three, 83 and change. Family of four, 111000 and change. Family of five, 139000 Family of six, 167000 And if you're a Mormon with many wives, uh, you own, uh, you actually owe about... Uh, actually, it's about the state of Utah. So, um, Now, of course, these numbers are interesting, I think, uh, because we'll sort of go over a little bit about what they mean, and then we'll talk about how you can use these numbers to detonate the state without converting anyone to our position. It's just for funsies. You can try it out, see if you like, like it. You can throw this uh, national debt grenade into the bunker of statists and just see... Who wants to stay in and who's going to come squealing out? It's uh, for funsies, you know. It's worth worth giving it a shot. I found it to be not too unhelpful. So, uh, so here we go. So, this is the national debt, of course, as estimated by the U.S. government. And we know, of course, that all governments uh, lie to protect their own themselves. So, I would imagine that that when we actually um, uh, figure it out, we're going to find that this is understated by orders of magnitude. There have been credible estimates in my recent Lou Rockwell article. By the way, number three for the month of May. Thank you so much to the uh, user uh, who suggested turning Space Aliens from Luxembourg into an article, if you haven't listened to the podcast. Might I recommend doing so? But um, uh, my Lou Rockwell article, there was uh, relatively credible estimates that the total indebtedness or unfunded liabilities of the United States government total $47 trillion, which is, what, six times the national debt, which would put the national debt, or the, I guess, unfunded liabilities for a family of four 
at, um, I guess, 444000 or just under half a million dollars. Um, not, uh, not likely to get paid off anytime soon, right? So these uh, are taken from the uh, U.S. Treasury, so they're not they're straight from the U.S. Treasury, so they're not uh, sort of made up. And you can have a look at this National Debt Clock, which is a nice little JavaScript application I trolled the web for on freedomainradio.com. But this is a, an interesting number when you start to break it down. And I tried looking for some of this stuff on the web, but I couldn't find any. So maybe it's out there if you know where it is. I'm just going to have to talk theoretically. And uh, I've actually uh, I've kicked off my shoes so that uh, in case I need to go over 10, I will be able to uh, manage the uh, calculations. But if you take the national debt of any country and you divide it by the number of adults, it doesn't really, you know, what does it mean? Well, it means that you have the total number of adults and you can divide it in and get the national debt per person, which, yeah, what does that mean? Well, it means that we assume that everybody has a job and and works and can pay this off, right? What does it not mean? Well, if you've got a bunch of students, uh, that doesn't count, right? So you're in university, that doesn't count. Not only are you adding to the national debt by being in university because you're not paying off your bit, and of course there are lots of publicly funded things in universities, but you're also probably getting into debt yourself. Uh, I think the U.S. Uh, total debt, not include like from the $8 billion plus everything else, uh, $44 trillion is a number that I've read. So uh, uh, big, right? Big, big. If you want to sort of get a visualization of this, uh, I think about $8 billion is uh, 47. Uh, if you stack the dollar bills vertically, you get a pile 47 miles high. So it's, uh, it's big. And, of course, you know, uh, you can get this as long as it's not too windy. And you don't mind the Van Allen belt, but aside from that, um, you're you're good to do, you're good to go. So you have to subtract the students, uh, of course. You have to subtract uh, single moms to a large degree. I mean, there are some high-earning single moms, but uh, uh, not not a huge amount of them, of course. So they're mostly net negative in terms of the uh, their contribution to the economy, uh, taking a lot of public services, and usually not having the highest. Uh, amount of money that they're making, so they're not going to be too available to pay off the national debt. That's sort of, uh, sort of what I'm talking about. Um, the people who are currently going through a divorce, well, all their money's going to lawyers. Uh, even if they're, unless they've got the wealth of uh, of Midas, they're not likely to be too useful in terms of paying off uh, the national debt. So I think we can largely exclude uh, those people. Uh, people who are currently ill, uh, all right. Uh, people who are currently on vacation. Well, people who are currently ill, yes, on vacation, but that's I guess coming and going. But people who are currently ill are also not going to be very helpful in paying off the national debt. So uh, that's not good. People who are uh, mentally retarded are uh, not too helpful in terms of paying off the national debt. Uh, it's fairly unethical to break them up for parts, so we'll have to count those out. And, of course, there's the mossbacks, the gray hairs, the fogies, uh, the mutterers and whittlers and complainers about the government that they uh, grew uh, like a wild fertilizer during the courses of their lives as citizens, which we'll talk about in a podcast soon. So you have to eliminate all the old people. Uh, you have to eliminate uh, politicians because, of course, there's not much point saying, yes, I will contribute to the national debt when your salary is adding to it and you're paying for the national debt out of your salary that's adding to it. So then you have to get rid of uh, public servants as a whole. Um, you could sort of keep 5% of them for the stuff that the free market would reproduce, but they would ha- probably be at a far lower salary. So you have to get rid of uh, between a quarter and half, or a quarter and 40% of the population uh, as a whole. 
So um, you also um, uh, have to get rid of people who are in uh, state-supported unions, some portion of their income, which would dip down, right? Because uh, anyway, so there's lots and lots of people that uh, you, you have to eliminate when it comes to paying off the national debt, simply taking the numbers of adult people. And also there's the, you know, you know, dingbat uh, guys in their 30s still living at home and uh, and uh, working part-time or, uh, you know, there's all the people trying to be actors, right? All the people trying to be, what is it they call it on Seinfeld, the MAWs, models, actresses, whatever, a newscaster maybe. Uh, so all those people who are, you know, chewing up capital, uh, living hand-to-mouth in pursuit of a, a dream. So there's just tons and tons of people that you're going to have to eliminate from... Uh, being able to pay off the national debt, right? So the public servants and the old, uh, the the students, uh, the single moms, uh, anybody who's living sort of hand-to-mouth, uh, who doesn't have a whole lot of excessive income to throw into uh, the national debt thing. So, uh, you know, when it comes down to paying the national debt, uh, I think it's uh, it's you and me, brother. I think that's it. We're going to take this $8 trillion, carve it up between us, declare bankruptcy, and we're pretty much done. So, now, the national debt is obviously completely uh, enormous, absolutely uncontrollable, unsustainable, unrecoverable from. So the other thing to remember, too, is that there's no possibility. I think it's like three or four times the G, uh, the, the gross national product of the United States. I'm not positive about that, but it's some huge amount, much larger than it's uh, the ability to pay it off. And so... I think what you know that there's just no. I'm sorry. The reason I'm pausing is I'm pretty sure that the the eight trillion is is not. Uh, the two trillion would be way too low for the GDP of the United States. So uh, I think that's wrong. But it's some. I remember 400 percent of something where it was something to do with paying it off. See, this is the kind of quality statistics you come here for. Uh, but boy, if I didn't have to drive right now, I would uh, I would look it up. But uh, you can look at it. It's some ridiculously unpayoffable uh, amount, right? So. Um, like the the budget of the national uh, of the of the government in the United States two point two two point three two point four trillion, uh, the national debt's eight trillion. So um, basically, it's, oh four that would be it. Which is what I'm thinking. Three three or four times the current total national spending. Right now, of course, when you are in a debt to this degree, you're paying you know, three four hundred uh, billion dollars a year in interest payments. Like so the actual uh, uh, the uh, Department of Education is spending sixty trillion sixty billion, and it's uh, three or four. Hundred billion to just pay off the interest payments. So you're in a total uh, slide here, right? So you can't just sort of say, okay, we'll take two trillion a year or pay off the national debt because it's going to increase uh, to, uh, it's not going to be four years, right? You have to sort of pay more on it, right? And you end up how much you finally end up paying for your house after 20 years, you get sort of a sense of this, right? So, so to, um, to pay off the national debt, right? I mean, you, you can make a very strong argument that uh, paying off the national debt. The only way to do it is simply eliminate the government. And if people are uncomfortable with that, right, then you just say, okay, well, we've got this $8 trillion national debt. We have $47 billion in unfunded liabilities. Oh, and sailing into the future, of course, we have far fewer people working relative to retired people and relative to those not working and a smaller population of of, uh, economically productive citizens relative to the... uh, not so economically productive citizens, to put it as nicely as I can think of. So from that standpoint, uh, it's even worse per person, right? You look demographically over the next 50 years and so on, uh, the birth rate is down and, you know, the things aren't, uh, aren't exactly looking well. You also have to take out the Amish. I forgot about the Amish, the Mennonites, 
the uh, the people in uh, in the caves in Montana, the Ted Kaczynski's, uh, the uh, the criminals. Uh, you have to take out the criminals from the equation. Boy, they're just you know flowing fast and fertile. These exclusionary uh, elements. So you have to take out the criminals uh, because they're not going to be paying their share of the taxes. You have to pay uh, take uh, take out the people who work in the gray market, right? So the ten or fifteen percent of the population. Uh, uh, who works in the grain market? You have to take out the smugglers. Oh, uh, don't forget the Native Americans. Uh, if you can take those out, uh, the people on welfare, uh, people on unemployment insurance, seasonal workers are not likely to be able to contribute a huge amount to the national debt. These are just things that are sort of popping into my head. I'm sure you could go quite a bit further in this analysis, but let's just start. Um, let's just start with that kind of stuff and sort of see where we end up. Now. The question is then, well, how, how do you pay this off, right? So you've got some statist guy, right? And he's saying, well, we need the government for this, we need the government for that. Well, it's worthwhile just memorizing a couple of the figures for uh, departmental budgets and say, okay, well, we got the, so you find you, you've got the state, you think the state is a great thing. And maybe you're right, maybe I'm just completely talking out of my ear hole. Uh, maybe you're totally right, the state is the best thing since sliced bread. The only thing that I guess that I have some concern about is this, you know, this this sort of national debt thing. And what I'd like to sort of understand is you know, how are you going to pay it off? How are you, you going to pay it off, right? You can't really raise taxes, right? You can't really raise taxes because that destroys jobs and uh, you end up with, like, according to the Laffer Curve, which is fairly well validated now, you're going to end up with less taxes. You, you can't, you're on the event horizon, right? You're on the... Uh, you're on the uh, event horizon of taxes. You just can't raise them anymore. Right? You just destroy jobs and drive more people into non-economically productive areas, and uh, it just doesn't work, right? So what are you going to do? Well, you have to cut. Uh, you have to cut government spending, right? You have to cut government spending, and uh, you're going to have to do that pretty significantly. If you can do it uh, like aggressively, and so if you know if you are the uh, head of the government, um, what are you going to cut? Now, they can't sort of dodge that question and call themselves any sort of politically aware kind of person, right? They can't sort of use the, I'm going to get the rainbow magic fed to print all the dollars to pay off the national debt because everybody's perfectly aware of that strategy and that will destroy the economy uh, quicker than the hyperinflation it did in the 1920s in Germany. So if you get the Fed to start paying off dollars, all that will happen is people will raise interest rates to make up for the uh, inevitable inflation and... That will uh, make uh, people not want to buy any treasury bonds, which will cause the government to collapse, right? Because when inflation rises, treasury bonds become pretty unattractive, so nobody's going to buy them. So the U.S. will then have to raise the rates of treasury bonds that it's selling and blah, blah, blah. So you end up having to borrow. Uh, you end up with further liabilities. Oh, you, you know all of this kind of stuff. Nobody's fooled by this printing of the money kind of thing. Even though the Fed has stopped printing the M1 money supply, uh, people are pretty aware of it. So... What are you going to do? You can't print the money. You can't have. You can't uh, uh, raise the taxes. So, what are you going to cut? What are you going to cut? Now, of course, the left wingers are going to say, "Well, you just cut the military budget, right?" And they're going to have a bit of a tougher time with that. But yeah, okay. So, let's say you cut the military budget. Well, then you have a whole bunch of unemployed people. All right. So they're just going to apply for unemployment benefits. And they're, of course, I mean, let's not even deal with the political issues around they're going to not vote for something which is going to cause a collapse in the industry that they work in. 
and they're going to lobby like crazy to have the funding restored so they don't have to retrain and blah, blah, blah. We sort of talked about this a number of times. But let's just deal with sort of the facts of the matter around paying off the national debt. So, okay, well, that's fine. So then Boeing and Lockheed Martin and all these sorts of companies lay off, you know, thousands upon thousands upon tens of thousands of workers. And you have all these soldiers who are no longer able to do that homicidal thing overseas and get to import it back home. All this R&D, uh, all of this kind of Northrop Grumman, all these kind of companies uh, are going to fold. And sure, that's going to release stuff into the private sector. Um, and that might help, right? You can get rid of defense. And you, you, know, you can get rid of this, that, and the other. But of course, the great thing about it from this standpoint is that let's say that you meet someone who says, well, let's just get rid of defense, right? Let's just get rid of the defense budget. Well, of course, then what they're doing is they're implicitly saying, well, we don't need the state to do defense, right? Or that defense could be handled for so much less money. Ah, so we, we bring all our troops back from overseas, we disband, uh, I don't know, Homeland Security, we disband uh, the CIA, we disband the FBI, we disband uh, the Standing Army, all of this kind of stuff, and we end up with a, a military that's like one-tenth the size of what we have now, or one-twentieth. Well, that's interesting, but of course, what happens in this kind of debate, if you're talking with someone about this, is they say, well, okay, well, we need just that much smaller of a military. And so you're saying, okay, so basically the, the society as a whole, like forget about government, society as a whole can get by on a whole lot less military uh, spending and military hardware and, and so on than it has now. So we need that much less government. right? Once you start to shrink government down quite a bit, you really start do, to get into the question of, well, why not just get rid of it? I mean... <laughs> this is the this is the interesting thing about the minarchist, you know, like the the ideal minarchist government is one guy, right, with I guess a a pager <laughs> and a, a lot of phones. And you have one guy, it's the government. Well, of course, if one guy is the government, just get rid of that. So the smaller government gets, the more open people could be or should be, I think, to to getting rid of it for two reasons. One is that it's not that much of a stretch, and two, if is that. If you're talking to a statist who says, well, I get rid of 95% of the Department of Defense, then you'd say, okay, well, so for the last 100 years, the government has been ripping off people and going to start wars around the world and, and has been running up this incredible national debt and blah, 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 blah. Well, is that really, you, is that a risk we want to take for the next 100 years that this could all happen again, right? So the more people want to cut government and the more areas they want to cut government in, the more you can make the case for no government because it's obviously overpriced, right? I mean, this is something you know if you negotiate the price of anything. If you're dealing with a used car salesman and he says $20,000 for this used car and you say, ah, you know, I really don't think that uh, I want to pay that. And then say he says, okay, it's not 20000 it's it's $1,000 for this car. Well, are you going to want to do business with this guy at all? Well, of course not. Because if you just drop the price 95%, He's a crook. So the more that people want to cut government, the more that we should get rid of government because it's obviously hyperinflated itself at the expense of citizens to a, com a completely criminal, even by status standards, completely criminal and of, uh, degree. And of course, it can easily, easily happen again. Right? So the less you want to cut government, the more justification there is for government. 
right? So if you say, well, we should just cut the government 5%, there's a little bit of, of uh, corruption, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, so I think we cut 5%, we should be fine. Well, that's fine, but then you still have the problem of the national debt. Okay, so you don't want to cut government, but how are you going to pay the national debt? Well, we have to cut government. Well, we have to cut it a lot then, right? Well, if you're willing to cut it a lot and say society will survive, then obviously the government is heavily bloated, heavily corrupt, heavily uh, ripping off whoever it can lay its hands on, and so it's much harder to justify the continued existence of the government in that scenario. So it's one of these things that like, you can't ever come out of this debate with a good equals government kind of thing. right? Once you start to bring the national debt into the equation then what happens is you're starting to put the onus on other people, right? And I sort of always really preferred this kind of thing, right? So um, it's much, much easier to debate when the burden of proof is on the other person. I mean, so if somebody says, well, you can't have a proof that a, non, uh, like a non-government society would ever work, blah, 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 it's like, okay, well, let's forget that. Let's forget that as an option. No problem. Because you can approach these moral questions any way you want. You can end up with the same conclusion, Right? Um, if you measure the distance between two cities using a plane, a car, a bicycle, and a tapeworm, you're still going to end up with the same distance, right? I mean, it doesn't matter which way you approach these things. When it comes to rationality, all roads lead to the right conclusions, just as in the ancient world, all roads led to Rome. So you say, okay, well, yeah, let's give up on the whole market anarchy thing. What I do want to ask you, though, is what are you going to cut of the government to pay the national debt? I mean, it's the things that uh, nobody ever uh, talks about, with uh, with politicians, right? You have 800,000 billion uh, uh, reporters and pundits and, you know, White House room questioners constantly asking about all of this bullshit about uh, minutiae and, triv- and trivia and so on. And, of course, nobody's ever saying, well, what are you going to cut to pay off the national debt? I mean, it's a question the politicians can't be asked. Right, and they'll talk vaguely about optimizing efficiencies and, and this and that and the other, but the basic question can never be asked because it's going to piss off some constituent right, to do that. Or it's like the B-52 bomber, a piece of it is made in every single state, right? so there's just no possibility of getting it out. Right? It's, like, it's like trying to get shrapnel out of yourself to get that uh, uh, disembedded from, uh, the, uh, from the constituents. So you, you're never allowed, like you'll never be allowed back into the room if you ask the politician those questions. Or, you know, if you don't perform this ritual where you say, well, what are you going to cut to provide the national debt? We say, well, we believe that a fiscally responsible approach of timely but prudent tax cuts combined with the innate growth of the, uh, of the economy, combined with finding inefficiencies and getting rid of particular kinds of waste within the government, will be a good start to beginning to deal with this terrible problem that we've inherited from prior administrations of the national debt. Right? I mean, you, you don't even have to think about this kind of stuff, right? You're like the uh, guy in Yes Minister or Yes Prime Minister. You just, it rolls off the tongue, right? We all know how to bullshit in this kind of way. And, of course, if you say, well, I've been sitting in the room for 20 years hearing the same stuff. Can you give me some specifics? Do you actually have a plan to get rid of the national debt? Yes, we have a plan, a fiscally responsible, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, no, no. Do you have a plan? Right? It's like saying, if you're, think of me as an investor, right? So if I uh, want to, if you're, if I want to invest in your company and I say, well, I'm thinking of investing $10 million in your company, what's your plan? And you say, well, we have a plan to grow the product base and uh, further satisfy clients and expand our market share and this and that and the other. It's like, well, yeah, of course you do. But the question is how? Give me specifics. Give me cash flows. Give me uh, hiring plans. Give me how you're going to do it. Give me how you've got the expertise to do it. 
Give me your competitive analysis. Give me your growth projections. Give me all of this, right? I mean, just saying, yeah, we plan to grow our business is, you know, you'd get laughed out of the room, right? I mean, you'd, you'd be revealed this is a rank amateur who hadn't even uh, probably finished grade 12, right? I mean, so you say, no, 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 give me the numbers. Like, what specifically are you going to cut, right? You got $8 trillion uh, that, uh, you know, plus interest, plus decaying uh, interest payments and debt payments. So you've got, you know, 8 to $50 <laughs> trillion that you've got to cut. So how are you going to do it? Give me some specifics. I mean, if you cut the if you cut the Department of Education and privatize the entire school system, then you've got sixty trillion. Uh, sorry, you've got sixty billion of the eight trillion right there. So a couple of percent. But but give me some some numbers, right? Give me something that I understand. Well, that's a complicated topic. We'll get back to you. We've got people working on it. We're working on a big plan. Be revealed in due time. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Well, then you say okay. Then you don't actually have a plan right now, right? You have an intention. Right? And intention is very different from a plan. Right? I, it, it is my intention to marry. It is my plan to marry Christina in two months. Right? That's sort of a. And here's the budget, and here's how we're going to do it. And uh, by the way, I've uh, um, I've kidnapped her cat, so uh, I think she's going to say yes. Uh, that's a plan, right? Uh, an intention is is quite a bit different, right? An intention is just a vague, windy generalization designed to shut people up. But we don't have to accept that from. Uh, the people that we're debating with, right? Because they're not politicians. So we can just say, okay, well, you don't want to get rid of the government. That's fine. But then just tell me how how is the national debt going to be paid off, right? Because if you say that the government should continue to exist, then obviously you've put some thought into how it's going to continue to exist, right? So it's not it's not your intention that the government continue to exist because that's just like saying, uh, I would like nobody to get sick and kittens to have wings so they'd look cute batting against my window. doesn't mean anything. The question is, you obviously believe the government should exist, and not in some sort of airy-fairy, abstract, it would be nice if everybody gave the world a hug kind of way, but in some kind of specific way, right? So if you say, it's my intention to move to Baltimore, and then somebody says, great, so how are you going to do it? And you're like, well, I don't know. I don't even know where Baltimore is. Uh, I have no idea how to get there, and I don't want to talk about it. Then when somebody says, it's my intention to move to Baltimore... They might as well be saying it's my intention to fry my scalp using fish oil uh, on the moon at night uh, in a rubber suit. I mean, okay, <laughs> good luck with all of that. But you've absolutely vaulted yourself out of the, re- the realm of rational debate, right? So, so you can say to people, okay, well, uh, so what are you going to cut, right? You think the government should continue? More power to you. You could be absolutely right. Obviously, it can't continue in its current state. Right? I mean, no doubt, no question of that. It cannot continue in its current state. So how are you going to help it? to continue. So, you know, if you, you go to a doctor and the doctor says that you're dying of cancer, that your cancer is like metastasized into something the size of uh, Idaho, and you really don't have long for this world, and then you say, uh, well, well what's, your, uh, what's your plan? Well, your plan, my, my, the doctor says, well, my plan is to, you're, you're 30 years old, and the doctor says, well, my plan is to have you live uh, till you're 80. And you're like, great! Oh, thank God, you gave me all this terrible news, like I'm about to die. And then I say, well, what's your plan? I say, well, my, intent, my plan is to, is to have you live forever, uh, or at least till you're 85. And you're like, oh, thank God, that's another 55 years, and here I thought I only had two days to live. Fantastic. Well, you tell me how that's going to happen. It's like, uh, what? Says the doctor, what do you mean how that's going to happen? It's just my intention that this happened to you. Well, what's your cure? Oh, I don't know, I don't have a cure. Well, can you operate? No, I... I can't operate. Why are you asking me these questions? 
Well, because you said I was going to live to 85. Now I just want you to live to 85. I've got got no idea actually how to make it do it. Well, you'd obviously recognize that this doctor was deranged and a fake and murderous and bizarre, and you'd probably not, you know, feel like it was a really good thing to have this doctor have anything to do with your cure, and you probably wouldn't have any idea that this doctor would have any kind of competence in the field of medicine. So when people say that they want a certain situation to continue and it obviously can't continue, then the onus is upon them to come up with the plan, right? So somebody says, yes, there should be a government. Be like, fantastic. Because there's no government, there's going to be no government within like 10 or 20 or 30 years, right? We all recognize that government's going to go bankrupt. So we're all on the same page as far as that goes, correct? Government's going to go bankrupt, so... There, you know, there, we're going to get our wish, you're not going to get your wish in terms of the government continuing if the government is so great. So obviously if you think the government should continue, you've got some kind of plan. Right? You've got some sort of thing that nobody's thought of, right? because lots of people have put their heads together on this issue. You've got some sort of plan about how this family debt of 111000 to 444000 depending on how you count it, how is this going to get paid off? And if they say, well, I, I, I don't know, well, then be like, well, I'm not sure that I understand then what you say by you mean you want government to continue. Because it can't continue, and you want it to continue, but you don't have, and you know it can't continue, but you have no plan about how it can continue. So, I mean, how am I supposed to look at you except as a rather retarded child who is saying, I want a million dollars? Well, how are you going to go about getting a million dollars? Well, I don't know. I just want a million dollars. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you look at uh, somebody who said that as, you know, well, uh, that's very nice, Bobby. <laughs> we hope that you get your wish. And you sort of walk away, right, shaking your head, because this person is a perfectly retarded thing to say, or even no plan. So you can just say to, you know, well, do uh, you tell me how this is going to sustain itself, right? You tell me how this national debt's going to be paid off. You know, 111 to $444,000 per family, even not even counting all the people I listed before who aren't going to be part of the equation. So it could well be double that, right? So, you know, quarter million to $900,000 per family has to get paid off after they're paying their existing taxes after they're paying their living expenses, after they're saving for their kids' retirement, after this, after that, after the other, how's it going to happen, right? You tell me this thing is, uh, you want this thing to continue, tell me how. Because i got to tell you, I don't see how it can continue. I mean, not even I can't, it can't continue. Right? Mathematics don't lie. You can't cheat the laws of reality. Debt will uh, cause a repayment or bankruptcy. No, no question about that. Repudiation or repayment, that's all it comes down to. Or market anarchy, where we just uh, reject the whole debt. Well, we'll get to that another time. But so it's like, okay, well, you tell me. How's this How's this all going to work? Now, if they start saying, well, I'm going to get rid of this, I'm going to get rid of that, I'm going to get rid of the other, I'm going to get the current budget down to like 10% of what it is, right? It's like, okay, well, that's, you know, obviously that's a plan, right? And there's certain difficulties. I really respect you for having thought this through, and I would certainly say that, because it is not the easiest thing in the world to come up with a budget that will work. Um, P.G. O'Rourke has a pretty good one at the end of, I think, Parliament of Whores, and Harry Brown came up with one. But it's not the easiest thing in the world to do the math and figure out how the, um, how the government can work. Well, 
then, of course, the question is, well, if the government was 90 or 95 percent too large and this went on for 30 or 40 years and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars were ripped off from the taxpayer, do you really think that that's going to be like that's a moral institution that we should just you know restrict and not eliminate? Well, that's a perfectly valid question. The other question, of course, is uh, given that everybody who's uh, involved in this kind of reductions are going to get uh, thrown out on their ass with no, with, like, no relevant skills compared to where they were coming from, how do you think this is going to happen politically? Right? So if somebody says they've gone all the way through, they've, they've done the numbers, they've crunched this and that, and they say, okay, I can pay off the national debt uh, this way or this way or this way, and you say, okay, great. Um, uh, there's uh, going to be challenges, but you've got to admire somebody who's uh, put the time and effort in to actually substantiate something that they've come up with. Fantastic. Good for you. More kudos. Kudos, kudos. But then, of course, then you say, okay, so you're going to crush the government by 95%. You don't want to talk about how that sort of makes the government 95% evil over the past 20 or 30 years. Let's just say, fine, we'll bypass that. And then you say, okay, so you're going to crush the government politically 95%. You're going to reduce or 90% or whatever, right? Okay, well, how is this going to happen politically? Right, because everyone's aware that the government uh, increases, increases, increases. Like no, 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 uh, no limit to the size of, of uh, increases in government, uh, precisely because of the problem of, of lobbying and, and you know the fact that you get other people to pay your bills and walk away with all the cash and all this kind of stuff. Right, so everybody recognizes that as an issue. So you say, okay, so you figured it out financially. Good for you. You have uh, dealt with all of the fallout that comes from shifting around that kind of spending, paying off, right? The, the spending is now not accumulating to the economy, right? So you've dealt with all of those issues. Good for you. Fantastic. Now, if you would uh, be so very kind, what I would like you to do is to tell me then how this is going to happen politically, right? So it's not just a wish list, right? We, we don't just want a wish list because that's, that's silly, right? This is back to the retired kid saying, I want a million dollars. And then you're saying, well, how are you going to do it? You say, I'm going to get a job as a brain surgeon right? With an IQ of 70. Well, okay, so you have a plan, uh, but that plan isn't really very feasible because it's not not really possible to achieve it. So you have a plan, right? I'm going to get to Baltimore, and the way I'm going to get get to Baltimore is I'm going to fly. And I don't mean in a plane. I mean, I'm going to get to Baltimore. I've got it on the map. I've got the direction. But the way that I'm going to do it is that I'm going to uh, flap my wings uh, and fly. I don't exactly have the wings, but uh, don't worry, it's going to work. Then you say, well, you're still, you know, I appreciate that you figured out where Baltimore is and you now have a plan on how to get there, but I'm not sure that I agree with the feasibility of your plan. And you can't hear, if, you know, if you're a statist, right, you can't ma- wave the magic wand and say, oh, um, well, um, uh, okay, so the way it's going to happen, you see, in terms of, of this, right, the way it's going to work, uh, I've got it all figured out. There's going to be a huge enlightenment there's going to be, right, people are going to start taking responsibility for their government. People are going to, are going to just wake up to the danger, and people are going to just start doing the right thing. And, and, and everything's going to be turned around because some magic moral elf is going to wave fairy dust over the heads of the general population, and everyone's going to leap up and say, by golly, this national debt is a catastrophe. Apparently it is in England, too. So you can't have a sort of, <laughs> you know, there's this um, funny graphic that goes around in the business world. You may have seen it. And what it is is uh, a project plan that obviously is going completely awry, completely awry. And then there's this one uh, sort of cloudy box near the end which says, a miracle occurs, right? And then the project is completed. 
Well, you can't allow that to a status, right? So you can't say, well, when people realize it, they'll wake up, they'll make the sacrifices, they'll do this, they'll do that, right? You can't just sort of wave a magic wand and say, well, I'll just will myself to Baltimore, right? <laughs> I mean, or, or people in Baltimore will wake up and realize that I need to be there and come and carry me. Or, uh, even better, they'll actually move Baltimore to where I am, and that's how I'm going to get to Baltimore. I mean, all of this stuff would be like, okay, so <laughs> you still haven't exactly come up with a plan that's executable. So, you know, given the political realities, given what's happened, given this, given that, how on earth is it going to happen politically? I mean, these are questions that people need to answer. And there's no magic wand, right? There has to be a plan, and the plan has to verify some sort of existing information, right? So if I'm selling a software company and I say, well, we made $5 million last year, but next year we're making $50 million, well, if I don't have a really specific trend line, market analysis, uh, customer testimonials, uh, uh, you know, sample POs and uh, growth. You know, if I went from five dollars to five million dollars the previous year, then I might have a stronger case of going to fifty million. But I really do have to reference some sort of past reality in order to to create my future projections. And the past reality, of course, is that everybody wants government spending to increase, right? Everybody wants government spending to increase. Everyone who's like politically relevant, right? I mean, because it didn't just grow on its own, right? The numbers, the the uh, they didn't put a whole bunch of debt notes into the treasury. Uh, vault and they multiplied like rabbits in some sort of bizarre financial porn scenario. So, you know, the trend has been that the government spending increases because people profit from it and the political system is set up to, you know, cause that increase to exacerbate itself over time because of lobbying and special interest groups and getting the taxpayer to foot the bill for stuff that you're spending. So, that's a fact, right? It's a fact of democracy. It's a f so they have to come up with something, and of course, I mean, basically, it's I mean, it's totally impossible. But they don't know that, right? They think that well, government should continue, right? Like uh, I should live for a thousand years. Well, uh, are you going to get some sort of cyborg thing going there, or you know, how are you actually going to make this work? So I think that this actually does really help because, of course, if people do end up cutting the debt, uh, sorry, cutting the spending of the government to the degree required to pay off the national debt then you can turn them into anarchists like with just by you know, just one like, little blow, right? Because they've already admitted the government is a complete rip-off agency and that it's 95% too big or whatever. And so uh, this, this particular approach can be very helpful. If we just take it for granted that the state will continue to exist and people can say stuff like, well, we need a government, it's like, well... Maybe, right? I mean, it's a guy dying of cancer might say, well, I need health, but the question is, how do you get there? So given that the government is on its last legs, I, for one, would not take anything for granted in terms of chatting with people. I wouldn't sort of take for granted at all that it's valid for people to say, uh, I am uh, going to um, uh, advocate for the continued existence of the government, and that's a valid thing to say, uh, because the government can't continue. And they either have to start giving you some answers, or they have to recognize that what they're asking for is a, is a complete fairy tale, right? Because right now, what they're doing is they're uh, talking about, you know, the way that most people talk about government relative to its current sort of debt status and, and financial status, is they're kind of talking about, you know, well, maybe we should tweak your, tweak your diet a little bit to a guy who's like, you know, redlining from a heart attack. Right, I mean, this is this is what people don't uh, see, right? Because they live in this world of abstracts. Like the government exists somewhat independently of its financial status, or you know, it's just this entity that's out there. But when people start talking about, you know, the government and we should tweak this and we should tweak that, it's sort of important to understand that they just they don't have any concept how much on its last legs it really is, right? I mean, you look at these debt statistics that are increasing, right? I mean, they're not 
they're not decreasing. And you can say relative to GDP and this and that and the other, right? But uh, GDP is another one of these nonsense calculations that includes things like government-to-government transfers and public sector uh, uh, contracts and so on. But people don't sort of realize that they're talking about, you know, uh, I think that my, uh, I think this guy should keep living forever when he's redlined from a uh, um, a heart attack. So you better do something fairly extreme, right? You need defibrillators. You need uh, you need to um, to aspirate him. You need to intubate him because yeah, I watch my house, so I know this kind of stuff by now. And you know they've got to come up with some pretty radical solutions if they want their beloved state entity to continue. That would sort of be, I think, a fairly rational. Uh, thing to ask for. It's like, oh, so you do want the state to continue, uh, but you do realize that it's virtually dead, right? So so what are you going to do to ensure that this entity that you love so much is is actually going to continue? So put the onus on them to tell you how it's all going to work, right? Because obviously it, it can't work, and you're not insane for saying it doesn't work. So uh, please come by, give me some donations. I'm checking on the hour, every hour, even at work, to uh, to look for some donations. I'm really looking forward to getting some. It's been a little bit of a dry spell after a nice uh, monsoon, so uh, please uh, come by and give me some uh, dollars. I think it will be uh, uh, the right thing to do, and I think you'll feel good about it. And uh, I'll certainly feel good about it, and I'm, of course that's your major concern, uh, as I'm well aware. Also, if you could sign up to the FeedBurner uh, email notifications, I'll uh, get an even better sense of listenership. And last but not least, we do have ye old magical um, listener review, which I'm really looking forward to spending some time this weekend digging into and getting responses to, freedomainradio.com, and and click on the five-minute survey. And uh, last but not least, sorry about the board going down last night. Uh, We have such a high degree of activity on the board, 145 members all pounding away with the fascinating, fascinating questions and answers. So uh, sorry that the board went down. Uh, I've talked about it with GoDaddy. They've built up uh, lots of indexes. We're sharing a server, of course, at the moment. Once the uh, uh, once the donations go up some more, I'll rent a server. But right now we're sharing, and of course we have a hyperactive board, which is great, but uh, it's not exactly what they forward built for, so I've had some words with them, and uh, I think they'll be okay for a while, so sorry about that, but I think we're okay. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>